Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading is from Mark chapter 15 and verse 22 to 39. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgoth, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his lust. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Well, today, today is Palm Sunday, the day when we remember how, how Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem as a king riding on a donkey. But what the crowd failed to, to realize was that Jesus had come to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus had come to die. But why? Why had Jesus come to die? Why did Jesus die? Well, of course, there are many social political reasons to why Jesus died. Uh, firstly, he, he was a challenge to the Jewish religious leaders, and, and he was a potential threat uh, to Rome's imperial rule. So they killed him. You see, Jesus challenged the status quo. Uh, Jesus challenged social injustice. Jesus challenged evil, and so evil killed Jesus. And it's within uh, this 
social, these social political reasons that we discover an even deeper theological reason as to why Jesus died. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. And it's within this uh, theological reason that we find an even, even deeper and more personal reason. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for my sins so that I could be forgiven. You see, Jesus' death is completely unique. In in Mark chapter 15 and verse 34, uh, Jesus cries out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama stabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And and, and these words express a, a profound sense of abandonment that Jesus experienced on the cross. He was rejected by his father. This hurt far more than the physical pain, far more than the emotional pain of of being betrayed and disowned and, and, and deserted by his friends. This it was this God forsakenness that really hurt. And it's this this God-forsakenness that distinguishes Jesus' death from all other deaths. This God-forsakenness is what makes Jesus' death so unique. And we read in verse 33, At noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Now they crucified Jesus at nine in the morning. But then at 12, at at the middle of the day, darkness covered the whole land. And it remained dark until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, darkness in in the middle of the day would have been a sign that that, that something of of cosmic significance was about to take place. That, That everything was being concentrated in one moment, in one place, and on one man. And it had cosmic significance. And darkness was also a a symbol of evil. Evil itself. All evil gathered together and was doing its worst to this, this one person. All evil came upon Jesus. And darkness was also, darkness in the middle of the day was also a clear sign of judgment. The the inevitable consequences of human sinfulness. uh, The the, the inevitable consequence of the evil in our heart. And on the cross, Jesus experienced more than just physical and emotional suffering. On the cross, Jesus experienced spiritual suffering suffering. For on the cross, all evil came upon Jesus and he he walked straight into the eye of the storm and he came face to face with evil itself. And on the cross, Jesus took 
took the sins of the whole world upon himself and he experienced the the weight and and the consequences of that sin. And and for the the first time in all eternity, Jesus experienced what it must be like to be rejected by his Father. For the first time in all eternity, he experienced God forsakenness. Nothing could prepare him for this. For for all eternity, he had experienced this intimate, close, loving relationship with his Abba Father. But now he experienced the horror of God forsakenness. You see, far greater than the nails in his hands was the pain in his heart. And what we discover over here is that God himself experiences what it's like to be totally abandoned by God. In a mysterious way, God himself experiences God forsakenness. Why? Uh, Why would God do this? Why would he endure this? Well, the answer is given, ironically, uh, when the, the, the chief priests mockingly say to Jesus in, in verses 31 to 32, He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we might see and believe. You see, they they were wanting a a conquering Messiah. They wanted Jesus to miraculously come down from the cross and and defeat all the Romans. I mean, that's the Messiah they wanted. That's the Messiah they could believe in. Now, Jesus could have called a thousand angels to come to his aid. But the amazing thing is, he doesn't. I mean, if our was hanging on that cross, and if I could call a a, a thousand angels to come to my aid, when those chief priests start mocking me, I would be, okay, enough, angels, get them. You know what I mean? That's what I would do. But the amazing thing is, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't come down from the cross. You see, he was saving others precisely by not saving himself. He he was saving others by not coming down from the cross. For his mission was to die. We read in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. Jesus said that he, he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He experienced God forsakenness so that that we don't have to experience it. He he experienced God forsakenness for for the very people who, who were mocking him. He experienced God forsakenness for us. He experienced God forsakenness for me. And he experienced God forsakenness for you. But why? Why does God do this for us? Well, well, the problem is that there is evil in our hearts. You know, if we're honest, we we have to admit that, that we are innately 
selfish, self-centered, and greedy. That there is evil in our hearts. You see, the, the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. Now, God, God could just, just destroy all evil. Now, now, God could. He could just destroy all evil. But the problem with that is if God destroys all evil, he would have to destroy me. Because there's evil in my heart. That the only way God can destroy all evil and still have a, a relationship with me, a, a person who has evil in his heart, is if God takes my evil. If God takes the evil in my heart upon himself, and if he experiences the consequences of that. God forsakenness. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. And he did it for me. And he did it for you. So that we could be forgiven and reconciled to God. And that's why Jesus, uh, when, when, he, when he died, we, we read in verse 38. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This was a very clear sign that a whole new age had dawned. The, the, the spirit, the, the very presence of God had left the, the temple. The, the temple is now completely redundant because Jesus is now the new temple. You see, people used to go to the temple to make a sacrifice so that they could be forgiven, so that they could enter into the very presence of God. But Jesus is now the ultimate sacrifice for all sins. And so that makes the temple completely redundant. You see, we don't go to a place. We go to a person. We don't go to the temple. We go to Jesus. And this is a, is, is a sign that a whole new era has dawned. For putting our faith in Jesus, we can be reconciled to God. And the curtain being torn in two from, from top to bottom was a clear sign that we have direct access to God through faith in Jesus. See, there's now no barrier preventing us from, from getting into the presence of God. There's nothing separating us from God. People and God reconciled. You know what the cross tells me? It tells me that God must, must really love me to do this for me, to die for me. You see... All the way through the, the Bible, ever since the very beginning in the book of Genesis, we, we constantly see evil and suffering caused by humans. And time and, and time again, we are told that this, this breaks the very heart of, of God. That, that he is grieved by the, the suffering and the mess that, that is caused by, by humans, by, by wars and, and, and fighting and, and, and diseases and, and, and suffering. And, and we left wondering, is it worth it? Is the whole human project worth it? And God must be wondering, is it worth it? 
Is the human project worth all this evil and suffering? Uh, And the cross is God's answer. And God says, it's worth it. It's worth dying for. You are worth it. You are worth dying for. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verses 7 to 8, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the reason for the cross. Jesus dies. He dies for you because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. There, there's a, a, a story of, of a new recruit who, who went into training hoping to become a Marine. He's one of these kids that always seemed to be out of step with the norm. And, and so he easily became the subject of ridicule for those who like to, to pick on offbeat kids. You know how some people just like to give an offbeat kid a hard time. The particular barracks that he was assigned to had an extremely high level of bullying. And and the other Marines did everything they could to to make a a joke of the new recruit and and to humiliate him. One day they came up with, one guy came up with this great idea on how to to scare the living daylights out of this new recruit by dropping a disarmed hand grenade on the floor and pretending that it was about to explode. Everyone knew about this and they were all waiting to get a big laugh. They, they threw the hand grenade onto the floor and, and, and yelled the warning, It's a live grenade! It's a live grenade! They all kind of expected this new recruit to to get hysterical and and perhaps jump out of the window. But instead, he jumped onto the grenade and he hugged it to his stomach and he yelled, Run for your lives! Run for your lives! The other Marines froze in stillness and shame as they realized that the one that they had ridiculed and mocked was the very one who was willing to lay down his life for them. And so it was for Jesus. For about 2,000 years ago, Jesus was ridiculed and mocked by the mobs, and then they executed him on a cross, even though he was innocent. Yet it was for for, for these very people that that Jesus died. But not just for them, but also for us. For today there are are many people who still ridicule and mock and make fun of Jesus, either by by what they say or, or by the way they act. And it's for these people that Jesus died. But why? Why has Jesus died for them and for us? He died because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. 
And in the same way that those uh, Marines froze in stillness and shame when when they were confronted with the the love of that young Marine. In in the same way that 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 act of, of love by that young Marine demanded a response from them. In the same way. When we are confronted by the amazing love of God, that God loves us so much that he dies for us. It demands a response from us. How are you going to respond to the message of the cross this Easter? Are you going to respond like that? Roman centurion standing at the foot of the cross uh, and when he saw how Jesus died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. I can remember when I was first confronted with this amazing love of God, that, that God loved me so much that he died for me, that Jesus loved me unconditionally. That, that there's absolutely nothing I need to nor can do to make God love me more. And there's absolutely nothing I can do to, to make God love me less. Because he simply loves me. Because he loves me. Because he loves me. And when I was confronted with this amazing love of God, it demanded a response from me. And I decided there and then to surrender my life to Jesus, to follow Jesus and to love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. How about you? How are you going to respond to the message of the cross this Easter? Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for dying for us. So we could be forgiven. So we could be restored to a right relationship with you. So we could experience life. Eternal life. Jesus, we just want to thank you for pain the price for us. And in response, we want to offer you our lives afresh. We want to surrender to you. We want to follow you. And we want to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.